the show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Riverside Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! You're your host, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dabbitt, dude. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks. The show live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics and built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com. You can build your dream house for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, in Tennessee, or in Georgia, or maybe. You live in one of those states and you're looking to build a mountain house in another one or some something on a piece of property somewhere. I promise if you go to the website, you're going to come up with an idea you've never thought about. Guarantee you. And as a matter of fact, this morning, Alicia, who is as sweet as they come, sent me a text promptly at about seven o'clock saying that just in the last couple of days, they've had multiple phone calls coming from our program interested in their homes, which is very, very special. And uh, most importantly, it'll be special for the homeowner because these things are awesome. That's mine and Carrie's plan one day when we can get these kids through school and go out and build one of these sweet things. So make sure you check out the barndominiumco.com. JC is back until he's not. You don't ever really know with him. Last Yesterday, he kind of vanished from <laughs> us, but it's all right. He should stick around until 1 o'clock today. JB and Phil, of course, here. Throughout the length of the program, at least that's our plan as well, Chris Phillips will join us in uh, less than a half hour with the Spurs Up show. And then at 1220, the voice of Gamecock baseball, Derek Scott, will pop in as well. South Carolina is set to host Tennessee tonight, maybe in the first of a three-game series to end the regular season. The problem, though, is that weather looks to be putting a little bit of a dent in those plans uh there is rain in columbia now if you live there you obviously know that and at no point in time throughout the rest of the day is it ever go down below 55 percent um so if they do get rained out then there's a chance that they can double dip it tomorrow or they can try and double dip it on saturday but one way or another they're going to have to get all three of these things in this is not going to be a weekend where you can forfeit one if you're either South Carolina or Tennessee, as the results are going to be way too important 
to where you will be placed in the postseason. We'll talk about some of that here in just a little bit. Uh, we'll get into some football recruiting as well. JC did put in a crystal ball yesterday for a particular target at running back that is not in favor of the Gamecocks. We'll let him explain that and let you know what else is on the board for Carolina to go after. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit of golf today because the PJ Championship is underway. Meredith's going to jump in with us tomorrow after Coach Lake. Uh, so we're going to look to finish up this week on a high note, even with all the bad weather out there floating around. The chat box is open. Comment, critique, whatever you want to do. And we'll get you into our program. With that said, good morning, Classic Phil, and good morning, JC. Morning. Morning, morning. Good morning. It might Good be, be raining back. outside. Apologize for the sky is not falling. It's okay. Mm, yeah, the sky is not falling. I hope they get it in. Sometimes Columbia, you never know, man. I remember, gosh, it was the New Mexico State game in 2000 when they broke the losing streak. I'm sitting in my condo in five points. It's pouring buckets. By the time we got to the stadium, sun was out and never rained the whole day. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't. Know. So, you know. I got, I, I got a feeling it's going to be a little tough tonight. But, um, I mean, the one hey, thing I can say about Founders Park, you know, when they built that thing, Coach Tanner literally left no stones unturned for making sure that it drained quickly and well. Uh, there's not a field. There's not a field. I'll say this again: in America, not a field in America that is better maintained than Founders Park. Not one. Not most of the pro parks either. Uh, so if uh, there's any chance for them to play it, they'll play it. So we'll just have to to wait and see if we get a call on this. Maybe Derek will have an update on that uh, next hour. Yeah, maybe so. I hope they get it in. If not, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see when they do. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you just never know what that. Look, certainly looking forward to talking to Derek today. I want to let everybody know if you missed the Landon Powell interview yesterday, that is up on uh, the YouTube page in its entirety. Now, it's an hour-long interview, so uh, you may as well just go back and watch the whole show. But uh, if you just want that interview, go check it out. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll have a lot of feelings. It's, it's part of our Born to Crow series. We also have Robert Brooks up there. I'm going to get uh, Donald Ellerby and, and Mark Burson up here in the coming days as well. So you can have all those interviews right there. Uh, um, yeah, I had, a, had some phone calls I had to take yesterday. One of those uh, folks that's, uh, you know, you, you got to answer the phone when he calls. And then another one called back to back. So I apologize for not rejoining you. But uh, I came back in front of the computer and I looked and the power interview was just rolling right along. And I was like, I'm not disrupting this. I love this guy. I went and got a snack and just... <laughs> I looked up, it was like, you know, uh, one, uh, 12.55. So I was like, ah, just let him finish it out. So um, so we'll see. But, yeah, kind of just a, a lot of disappointment, I guess, in the last uh, 48 hours uh, with South Carolina athletics and stuff. And, you know, losing to Charlotte like they did. I, I You know, Jamie, you played college baseball. And, and, and you, you, you know, that, that little team's rubbed it in Carolina's nose like mm-hmm. three straight times now. Um, they're chippy. I think they, they get a lot of joy. I think their coach gets a lot of joy. Body language. I mean, come on. 
can't lose that game. <laughs> now, did it hurt the Gamecocks in the grand scheme of things? Whittle says no. They meant nothing. But uh, certainly you don't want to lose like that, especially to a team that's beaten you uh, twice in a row uh, and now twice, now three times in a row, twice in a row at your own, in your own yard late in the season. It's not good. Uh, but uh, it all comes down to Tennessee uh, this weekend. Uh, I understand that the double whammy of losing Diggs and uh, Sharky or whatever they call him uh, uh, to uh, Kentucky and Diggs to LSU was tough because you kind of wonder who's going to play running back now. Um, and then I, I just, because I got some information on Lewis, and I was like, I just may as well go ahead and do it because Lewis, uh, I guess he told Phil Cornblut he's going to make a decision before he takes his visit. So I was like, well, the cat's out of the bag now. I mean, and so I just uh, put a crystal ball in for Tennessee. I don't think he takes the South Carolina visit. Uh, you know, things can obviously change. It's recruiting. It's a lot of momentum with Peyton because uh, they were right there front and center. They were kind of the first ones in to offer. But they lost a momentum, and that's kind of becoming a trend at running back right now. And uh, I'm just I'm just telling it like it is. I'm not trying to get on any one coach, but you at this program you have to recruit your position, and everybody else is. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, that's the one spot where, if you look at what Will Muschamp left, uh, it's one of the better spots and situations that he left on the roster because you had Kevin Harris, Aquandre White, Marshawn Lloyd, Juju McDowell, Rashad Amos. Well, all those guys except Juju are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of them left before their eligibility expired. Uh, and then there's one guy you've got in Braswell. Um, you know, Christian Bill Smith spent the whole year hurt last year. That wasn't his fault. And I did. He helped the football team win games. I mean, you know, if you think Vandy and Texas A&M and touchdowns, he was able to score, but he's what healthy. Um You're dependent on Mark and Joyner now. Uh, and then you look at the 2024 where it's critical that South Carolina signs two or three good running backs. And uh, your number one A or one B guy, along with Daniel Hill, uh, is going to go to your uh, rival, your division rival. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, I'll go through. I'll say with Logan Diggs, Carolina did as much as they could do. Um, it was just one of those things you want to stay at home. Uh, I think we knew that was going to be an uphill climb. Uh, there was a point in time where it looked like the Gamecocks were going to get him, but you get that last visit and you're the home team, uh, that's tough to beat, especially if you're LSU and it's a Louisiana player. Give credit to Frank Wilson, uh, their running backs coach, and Sherman Wilson, uh, who's on staff there. They're both former New Orleans area high school coaches. Uh, very rare Frank Wilson doesn't get a New Orleans kid he wants, even when he was an old Miss under Coach O. Uh, he would go in there and shock LSU. I mean, he almost got Joe McKnight. Joe McKnight. Uh, did such a good yeah. job with Joe McKnight. Joe McKnight did not go to – Joe McKnight, if you guys remember him, five-star guy, I think it was the class. Yep. Uh, Joe McKnight ended up going to Southern Cal because, Frank then LSU started just bashing Ole Miss. He's like, well, I don't want to go to Ole Miss. And so that's kind of the power of Frank Wilson. Now, now Frank – but um, – UT San Antonio for a while was the head coach out there. Now he's back at LSU. So uh, it's going to be tough. You know, Owl Loggins, uh, Shane Beamer, Ted Edwards, those guys for, for keeping the Derek Moore, for keeping the guy, the Gamecocks in it with him. Other kid, it was an NIL situation. And uh, I know that when you kind of look out there and, and you see, oh, Juice Ellis has more NIL than anybody in the country. 
again, that has zero impact on uh, what you do with the portal, initial deal, stuff like that. Uh, and contracts are kind of fine. Um, so again, I'll plug Carolina Rise. I'll plug Garner, just whatever you guys can do uh, to help. And that, you know, it's kind of surprising Kentucky has that budget or that type of budget for football. Um, but they are a big, large, passionate fan base, just like uh, anywhere else. They just have um, the Peyton Lewis thing I told you about. It was an NIL situation. I think the Gamecocks just got out recruited, lost a ton of momentum. Um, and if you look, you know, at, the, at that room. There's really no reason for it to be like it is right now. Um, and that's nothing against the carry on Joyner. I have a feeling he's going to be pretty good. And I think Mario Anderson will come around and I've always loved Juju. But again, you can't go through a season with just three or, or four. Even if what is Braswell isn't ready and you got to really play. I mean, you let Amos walk out the door. You know, you never played him. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd walked out the door surprisingly. Um, you know, that, that position just Christian Bill Smith out of eligibility and then struck out on everybody but one guy on the recruiting trail. So, and Lavoisier Carroll retired from football because of health. Um, so there's been a lot of things that have happened there. Um, but at some point you just got to say, hey, somebody's got to get this right because uh, you do need running backs. I, I, don't, I don't think you need a Marcus Lattimore. Uh, to win games if you've got skilled other positions. I think, I think you need a couple of guys that are good that can get rushing yards. Um, it would be great. But uh, you, you, you can't sit there, as we all saw in the second half against Notre Dame and the Gator Bowl, I mean, you can't sit there and, and be obviously one-dimensional because you will get beat. I don't care how good Spencer Rattler is or how good you're receiver, one-dimensional, you will get beat. The defenses in this league are too good. So, you know, hopefully there's some solutions there. I, you know, I think uh, Darion really showed me some things in the spring game that give me confidence in him. And I, Mario, I think Mario adjusting to the speed of the game and all that, you know, that's just, that's something that can come. And you almost saw it in the spring game because as he got more comfortable, he fouls, he settled in, he looked pretty good. Jim McDowell can do. Um, and you got to hope to Dowell Loggins, and, and I believe that he will. We'll, we'll, we'll get creative uh, with that. So I think uh, you know, scratch out a run game. There's plenty of teams that aren't that are heavy pass teams, but that they all have something in common. If they're good teams, they can kind of run it when they need to, uh, you know, and, and then they get some passing bound. And so sort of hope South Carolina is able. To do that. But uh, that's my take on the football situation. Um, I know it's not all sunshine and roses, but, you know, recruiting a lot of times is a roller coaster. Building a football program is a roller coaster. Uh, and it's just one of those things where the game cuts kind of slip down the hill a little bit. you got to go back up, uh, fasten your seatbelts, and uh, get ready for the next wave. How is losing momentum look like when you're talking about a kid that's right up the road like that? Well, Phil, Salem, Virginia is in the southwest part of the state. So it's near Blacksburg. And I didn't really realize this until I drove from Nashville to Blacksburg twice. Um, you go through Knoxville, then you cut right up to Johnson City uh, on 81. And that road goes all the way to D.C. So it cuts all the way through southwest Virginia. And Salem is right there in that area. So Knoxville is actually closer to where he's at 
than Columbia. It's one of the few spots in Virginia that was just geography. You know, he's it's, it's almost Salem's almost like in Kentucky or West Virginia. So is Blacksburg. So is Roanoke. Uh, that, that's on southwestern Virginia. Um, and so they they kind of were the home team if you think about it. But it, it you know it, it appeared for a long time like it would go neck and neck Tennessee and Carolina, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 he's ready. really good and so that's uh that's 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 one that's you know kind of sticks because when i think when he first got offered by the gamecocks phil he had campbell maybe vmi i mean somebody he had no offers when the gamecocks offered him but you turn on the film and you're like holy camoli yeah this guy's really good uh jumps up into the top 50 or whatever and um unfortunately they you know you don't get it. It, 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 it what you also want to do guys you're putting yourself in a situation now where you have to sign Daniel Hill, a kid from Meridian, Mississippi, with an Alabama offer, and Alabama hadn't slowed down on him. I mean, so so that's uh, – everybody feels good about where the Gamecocks are at because Jody Wright's recruiting him and Jody Wright's doing a really good job. But you, you, you almost have to get him. You know, I mean, now, you know, you don't get Daniel Hill. God forbid he goes to Tennessee because uh, he's visiting there. Um, I don't. I don't know that you should ever put yourself in a position. You've got to do Mission Impossible in recruiting to to have a key cog. You know, to to, to not let your recruiting slip. In other words, you know, you, you can't really count on like rolling into Tallahassee, Florida, and beating Florida State on a kid, uh, even if you can do it from time to time. That's gravy. You know, you, you need to have guys, and unfortunately, I just don't know, um, you know, and, and, and that comes largely these days, folks, through uh, preventing attrition. Uh, and we can say all day long why Marshawn Lloyd left and all that, but for some reason that running back, uh, and part of it's shelf life, and there are a number of reasons. I'm not hanging this on the head of Ontario Hardesty completely, but for some reason running backs are like first one foot out the door around here. Uh and that's uh, that's got to you got to have guys at that position. Is all I'm saying. You know, we'll see. There's a lot of them around the southeast. You, know, you, you should never really get in the situation. I mean, the Gamecocks have had good running backs for a very long time. I mean, ever since I guess Muschamp's first year, it was a little lean, but Rico Dowdle sparked them, and then you know they got more backs, and they haven't had a problem recruiting running backs. Well, now, you know, you got a guy that converted from quarterback, a guy that came from Newberry, and and Juju, and that's it. Now, Dante Miller, I'll add that, did not get his waiver. So, you know, what do you do? But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm, I don't know that they're completely done there, and they're just going to let it ride. I think if something or opportunity arises, uh, they, can, they can make it happen. But, uh, you know, th- this this losing streak at this position is bleeding into 2024. Uh, and I think that just adds more pressure on, on getting Hill. Um, I'll do uh, one more point of clarification because I know we got to get to Chris. Matthew Fuller, who is uh, the recently offered running back from Georgia, Jabo Shaw, Anthony Carey. Fuller is number two, is, is, is the next up on the board behind Hill. So if they only take two, my theory now is they're probably going to take two from high school and try to get one in the portal 
for 2024. So that's the next guy up. So those of you that are worried about getting Anthony Carey um, because he's taking visits or whatever, uh, worry about Fuller because he's starting to get a lot of offers now too. So that's, that's, that's my little monologue for the day. It is 1124. Quite a monologue it was here on this uh, rainy Thursday afternoon. Uh, We will step aside for a timeout. When we return, we'll be joined by Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show. I do have one name uh, in the portal I want to ask JC about as well uh, at the running back position and um, and see if uh, there is uh, any information or backstory to this young man who's not far from here, as a matter of fact. So hang tight. We are teed up by Traveling Country Club dot com and our coverage of the pj championship this week is teed up by travelingcountryclub.com as well it's the coolest club in the carolinas almost 45 golf courses you can play for a low monthly rate it's 95 dollars a month and if you think that sounds expensive then go play one of these courses and realize you could have paid 95 dollars and only played it for 20 and then continuously do that and just save dollar after dollar after dollar that's it, 95 bucks a month to get you on the 45 courses in the Carolinas from the mountains to the sea and pretty much everywhere in between. Me and my buddies right now, actually, all members of TravelingCountryClub.com are planning a trip to Santee, a little boys weekend a little bit later on this summer, where we hope to hit a golf ball right off the skull of an alligator somewhere along one of the great lakes up there. So we'll hit a quick timeout. Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up Show up next. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right. Even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. 
But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. program, you know, like Carolina Rise, I mean, I, I can't stress enough how how important it is to get involved with these with, with these programs because that goes straight to our student athletes. It goes straight to recruiting. It it helps tremendously on multiple levels. And I know that it, it's one of those things you sometimes don't necessarily get to see it or feel it right away, but you will feel it in a negative way if you're not involved on the front end. Carolina Rise has been a huge impact in our program. Um, if you don't have good players, you don't compete, bottom line. And these days, as you mentioned, the 11.7 scholarships uh, is not near enough for what baseball players deserve. We have 35 players, um, only 27 of which can get scholarships. And we have 11.7 scholarships to divide up among those 27 guys. So you're you're talking about the average player on our team is paying half a scholarship or half half his way to come here. Um, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And, you know, the NIL uh, market has allowed us to help kids afford to come here. It's helped kids to want to stay here. Now, there are guys on our team that would not be here probably without the NIL. And Carolina Rise has been a huge part of that. Um, you look at, we had three draft picks last year that decided to come back to South Carolina I don't know that that happens without the NIM. We appreciate Carolina Rise very much and everybody that's helping to facilitate that and, and help our players uh, is a big part of what we're doing now and what we'll do moving forward. CarolinaRiseMembers.com is where you can chip in to continue to help bring athletes to the University of South Carolina. A lot of great moments there in that video that we've all lived through here only in the past seven months. I'd say pretty good times for Gamecock football and Gamecock baseball. Uh, JC, I do have a recruiting question for you, but I'll hold that uh, for a little bit since we've got Chris in here uh, with the Spurs Up show. What's up, man? 
Guys, I love the Carolina Rise video, man. I was about to shed a tear just watching that. It got me kind of in my feels. So well done by all parties who had a hand in that. And uh, by the way, JB, I love the uh, TBS lid, man. That's fire. I like that. It's a good yeah, look. I found this at the uh, there. There's a there's a uh, store down the road. It's called Goodwill. And <laughs> I, I, I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. I love that. <laughs> it was on the. You're it was so on the, humble, <laughs> JB. You're so humble. It was on the mannequin. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I, I will say this, funny side note, this is completely <laughs> random. When I moved to Greenville, though, every now and then I like to go thrifting and just whatever, just kind of kill some time. And I went to a Goodwill in Greenville, and I found one of the TSUS Holinsky's Hope shirts from 2019. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know whether to feel honored or ashamed that our merch is in here. But that, that- it was, so. But I was like, it makes sense. Good it makes sense. <laughs> well, good one on Pleasantburg is it's not a bad good one. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that's the one I'm yeah, talking she'll about. Go yeah. get, she'll go get like a little knickknacks and paint yeah. them up and stuff yeah. sometimes. She's uh, uh, She's got more patience than me. I went, in there, got a, I, went, I went in there and got a, a sports coat one time for an audition I had. And it was uh, not bad. Not bad. But uh, yeah, so we can talk about that all day. But yeah, yeah, JB got that out of the, the, the bargain dumpster. Love that. Love I mean, if it makes you feel any better, like, you know, I mean, fans are, you know, pretty ridiculous sometimes, right? So, like, I guess whenever you see someone like burning your shirt on video is when you'll know you've kind of cracked the egg. Yeah. You know, like, think about like, Anybody, you know, LeBron or or Jordan or Brett Favre. Oh, man, I'm going to burn his jersey and I'm going to show a video of it. This is going to hurt his feelings. He's like, they're all like, dude, I'm worth a billion dollars. I don't care if you burn my jersey. You bought it. You paid for it. So burn away. I don't care. I mean, if you know, now was, that you bring it up, I think that's probably the next step for me. That's probably the next step for me in my evolution. So thank you for thank you for planting that seed with people. Maybe, had, to maybe who hadn't sugar. thought about that yet. Yeah, those people are out there probably like, yeah. you know what? Dave, he's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to burn this guy's crap, man. I'm going to really. I'm going to take him. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Well, uh, well uh, speaking of burning. Made it like Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't whatever you do, don't don't endorse it. Well, all right, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, Same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Speaking of burning, Chris, unfortunately, the record's been burning up a little bit for South Carolina uh, over the last couple of weeks. It, it, no doubt, it's been a skid. Thirty-seven and fifteen. They were one time thirty-four and six, so three and nine in their last twelve. Um, and. JC said something in the last segment. I I, I think I want to add some context to that because definitely don't ever want to speak for who the hell is calling me from New York. Probably <laughs> won another cruise. You know how many cruises I've won in the last couple of years? Um, <laughs> uh, dude, the Hilton is giving me more vacations than the cruises. Cruise lines have given me more cruises. They just asked me to pay like five thousand dollars through Bitcoin to do to get it. <laughs> Um, send it to the so, prince of Saudi Arabia. You, you, you're gonna send you back a million dollars. Like, oh, you know, man, I cruised five thousand Bitcoin. We should send it right to you, boat to your house. I'm like, oh, really? All right. Um, Walmart gift. So, you, you mentioned earlier, JC, that you know, Whittle said the loss to to Charlotte the other night really didn't mean much. In the and and I think I think what John was more getting at there was 
they were already knocked out of a, a top eight. That win was not going to be a win that's going to get them into the top eight. First of all, they have to win the series this weekend. If not sweep it, then they're going to have to really do some damage in the SEC tournament while coinciding with another SEC program that is currently in the top eight, uh, falling falling out of it. However, um, you, you know, Chris, this is where I'm going with this. Like, it is nice to kind of win games, and they didn't win the game. You know, so like they they're I don't they're not feeling down about themselves. I understand that they have a really good baseball team, but they're they're in a major slump for a multitude of reasons. And that would have certainly been helpful in getting them into the weekend, just feeling a little bit better about themselves. But it's over now. Mm-hmm. Tennessee comes to town. Hopefully they'll throw the first pitch tonight. But this, if you have aspirations of hosting, I, I, I hate to say, I, I really don't like the must-win thing. kind of feels that way, though. Yeah, I would agree. And, I, you know, I tell you this, it's, I know Tennessee's been playing much better ball of late, and we posted our weekly series graphic this morning, and I think people were kind of surprised that, you know, Tennessee has the advantage in a lot of these statistics. And you're like, man, for, for the Vols to be having a quote-unquote down year, they're still pretty good across the board statistically. But, you know, guys, it's, it's, it's one of those weekends, it's like what gives is what I look at. And two teams that are really fighting almost more of a mental battle than anything because you got the Gamecocks who have lost nine of the last 12. They just lost to Charlotte in the midweek. And, you know, I think you listen to Talmadge Lecroy and his media ability yesterday. Like, they, these guys still believe, right? They know they're a good ball club when they're playing their best. But, I mean, you know as well as anybody, JB, that when you're when you're struggling, this game has a way of just beating you up and keeping <laughs> you down there. And it's it really takes some serious mental fortitude to get yourself out of a slump and get going again and keep that self-belief and that belief as a team. But then you got Tennessee, who's 2-11 and 11 on the road. They haven't won a road series in conference all year. So I'm sure they're, they're kind of sitting back like, well, we think we can do this, but, I mean, can we? We haven't all season. You know, we haven't played baseball worth a darn away from Lindsey Nelson. So it's going to be a really intriguing series. You know, guys – I picked the Gamecocks to win two of three. I don't know if I'm just trying to speak it into existence or I'm going against the grain. or I, I just I just want to believe that that team that started 34-6 and six is still in there somewhere. Like that, that team that was playing that level of baseball. And it's like, I know the game of baseball is cruel, but at some point the numbers even back out. You know what I mean? And it kind of gives back. It'll beat you up for a while, but it gives back. And maybe this is – the weekend at home and we'll see what the weather does and that could affect things. But this weekend at home, maybe that's the weekend where the numbers will swing back in your favor. And maybe when you got guys first and third, nobody out, you don't hit a line drive back to the pitcher and it's a double play and it ends the inning. And just things like that that have been happening to this team. Um, maybe it goes the other way. You know what I mean? Cause there's a lot of pressure on both sides. And like you mentioned, JB, you don't like to use, because I feel like what it is is that phrase must win can get just so overused. I mean, if Tuesday night was a must win, then does this weekend matter? It's like, well, obviously that's not the case, but in regards to what's on the line with seating and just more, almost more importantly, like your, the momentum and the feelings around your ball club going into the postseason, having any hope going into Hoover, where we all know guys, it's been a house of horrors. You've never really played well there. I mean, it's been over, what, 15 years since you last won the SEC tournament. And since then, I feel like you haven't won more than two games in a stand, it feels like at least. So, anyways, just getting some momentum and getting back to playing good baseball. I mean, I thought we saw that last weekend at Arkansas, right? I felt much better coming out of that weekend. And then the Charlotte game happens. And, you know, like you mentioned, like losing a midweek, D1 baseball, those folks, they're not going to punish you severely for that. But it's like 
the timing of it couldn't have been worse, right? When you talk about what this team's been doing, how they've been struggling. So, you know, it's a huge opportunity this weekend, and I'm excited for it. I'm pumped to watch some baseball. It's the final home weekend and final weekend of the regular season. And, you know, I just hope this ball club has the memory of a goldfish. And I'll just say that. Just have the memory of a goldfish. Go out there, be excited, be fired up. I would assume you'll have a great crowd this weekend, a fired-up crowd, a crowd antsy to see some success. And, you know, hopefully this team just uses that adversity and backs against the wall to fuel themselves into a big weekend. Yeah, they're they're a five seed right now heading into the SEC tournament um, and probably going to want to be in the top four if you can get there because the top four, if I'm correct on this, is going to give you a buy. I believe they get a buy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they'll, so they'll get a buy. So they want to try to squeeze into the top four this weekend. Um, now, what would need to happen in order for that to happen? Uh, you know, Arkansas is there. Florida's – I mean, so here's the thing. Carolina can still win the East this weekend, um, <laughs> which is crazy to think. So, yeah, you know, if you, you – really what needs to happen is South Carolina's got to get a couple of wins with one loss. And, hmm. I don't know. It really is going to have to go their way in order to get into the top five, top four for the weekend. Let's let's actually talk about like baseball itself here for a second. So we were. I actually mentioned this yesterday. We we had Landon Powell on yesterday and and just kind of talking the game of baseball. And and this is like okay. Let's eliminate the message board fodder and the Twitter heroes and everybody thinks they know what they're talking about that actually don't know jack crap about the game of baseball. You you cannot pitch if you can't throw a fastball for a strike. You can't pitch if you can't use both sides of the plate. You can't win if you can't pitch. <laughs> so, like, what I was watching the other night, and I couldn't really – I didn't understand what I was watching. Breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball. Change up, change up, change up, change up. Uh, Chris, you, you you know the game, right? Uh, you understand, you know how to pitch. You don't have to be Jerry Myers or Greg Maddox or Kip Baltnight to explain this. Like it is kind of common sense. You've got to be able to throw your fastball in order for off speed to work. If not, they're just going to sit on off speed and they're either going to hit it or they're going to walk, and that's what's going to happen. And so I, I was a little confused as to what I was seeing especially coming off of last weekend where it seemed like every guy that they threw out there, all all three starters, tried to use the entire plate and then use all speed off the fastball, but then vice versa, be able to get that fastball in there by working all speed. But it all goes hand in hand. And the other night, it just seemed very, 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 very one-dimensional. Yeah, JB, I actually tuned into the day and I heard you talking about that. And I thought you were making a great point, right? You can't break and ball these guys to death. And I don't care how good your curveball is, like you're mentioning. If if a hitter's able to eliminate a certain pitch, right. if he's able to eliminate the fastball, it, it just doesn't matter how good your curveball is. He's going to hit it. They're, they're going to hit it. I mean, there's just no doubt. So I don't know why you would fall in love with that pitch, fall in love with the off-speed. And I'm all for pitching backwards and everything. But like you mentioned, you have to be able to go back to the fastball I, you know, and I thought you saw that with guys like Eli Jones, Jack Mahoney, even Matthew Becker. Like you mentioned, you got to pitch inside. You got to throw the fastball. I mean, what's the best pitch in baseball? And I know it's debatable to some, but I'd say the best pitch in baseball, number one's a strike. But number two is a well-located fastball in the black. That's it. That's it. Because you can work off of that and you can do so many different things. And, you know, I, I just I, – I want to see, like, to your point, the other night, guys – 
And, you know, we're all we're obviously speaking from afar, but I, I just want to see a team this weekend play with some conviction. You know what I mean? Like to throw a fastball, a well-located fastball, you got to throw it with conviction. To throw inside, you have to throw it with conviction. You can't do it passively. And so this entire team, obviously having that mindset mentality, this game is mental. At the end of the day, it's mental. All these guys are physically capable. You wouldn't be at the University of South Carolina if you were not physically capable, and we've seen it all year long. Nobody's asking this team to do anything that it hadn't done many, many times at a very high level. Right. So when it's all mental, it's literally all mental. And playing with conviction and playing with confidence, and I understand you lost 9 of 12 and last weekend, and whatever's happened to this point doesn't matter. I think you need to look at this weekend as like, the postseason begins now, right? Like the postseason starts this weekend at home. We are preparing to make a run beginning now. So to your point, you know, on the mound, obviously, JB, I and mean, it just goes without saying, if you can't throw your fastball, you can't win. I mean, you look at the numbers, man. Isn't it crazy? I saw a statistic, by the way. The home runs this year are up from like the late 90s when the bats were juiced, like the bats were super hot. So I don't know what's going on with the baseball or maybe core. <laughs> I think it really is. I think hitters, <clears throat> I think hitters are just getting better. Like everybody throws 96 now. You know what I mean? Like 96 is the new 86, as crazy as that sounds. And so to your point, like hitters are just too good in this conference. If you only have one pitch, if you only have one thing you can go to, if you can't go with the hard stuff, if you're scared to pitch in, you don't have a chance, man. You don't. Have, and that was against Charlotte. Tennessee will knock you all over the yard if you come at them like that. Look at their numbers, man. They've been down this year, but they've still got. They've still got slugger after slugger after slugger. I mean, this is a Tony Vitello club, man. They will be geared up, and they will be ready to hit whatever you throw at them. So you got to be able to mix speeds. And listen, I feel good about the three-starter. Well, we're TBA, games two, game three. I hear you. Gamesmanship strategy. But starting with Eli Jones tonight, you know, I thought that's what he did so well. The fastball has incredible run, mixed speeds, like in both sides of the plate. Mahoney, same thing. And I thought Becker, you know, did that and gave you a really quality start in the game three. I mean, listen, you give up five earned Sunday should have a really good shot to win. So um, I feel good about those guys. But to your point, man, that's definitely got to be a point of emphasis going into the weekend. Uh, We talked about that yesterday, I think. Uh, I can't ask JC because he peaced out on us yesterday magically. But, Phil, I think we mentioned – I'm just picking on you, JC. But I think we did mention this yesterday. Like, So there's a – Becker Becker has has it in him to go out there and give you a really, really special performance. But he also – has a lot of uh, a lot of Blake Cooper, Mike Cisco. I know he's not a righty. Um, Aaron Rawlish type traits where you you know when he's out there. If you get him once, you get him twice. You, he has a bad inning. He's still gonna come right back at you. Mm-hmm. Like he he's not gonna shy away from from what he needs to do. Now he might not always be successful, but that doesn't mean that he's not gonna be engaged and. And that doesn't mean that whatever happened is going to affect the next pitch for him. He, he's going to keep coming. Mahoney last weekend, there are, there aren't any words for that. He was is, that's the best start they've had all year from any starting pitcher. And I think Eli really mentally just inherited that Friday night role. I think one of the things that is um, that is really interesting. You mentioned the Saturday Sunday or I guess Friday Saturday TBAs this week. I I. My intel says, look, your starters last weekend are your starters this weekend. But there are two things that went into that. Um, like, those guys know that they're planning to pitch. But publicly, number one, the rain could throw this off a little bit. Number two, it is kind of an all-hands-on deck. We need to win the series. 
And so, you know, if they feel like they need to change some things to go in and win the freaking series, they're going to do it. And if they can do it in game one and game two and get it over with, they're going to do it. Um, so, we'll, you know, we'll see. That's, that's kind of an Arkansas thing from what I've mm. come to learn. But uh, offensively, Chris, they're, they're all back, you know, except for, mm. except for McGillis uh, kind of, you know, maybe re-injuring himself a little bit the other night. But I, I'd just like to see some consistency in the lineup. So guys can kind of accept their role. If they get hot in the seven hole, maybe maybe it doesn't mean they have to go to the two. They just you just got a hot seven hole guy, mm-hmm. and just have some consistency going into the postseason. So these guys show up to the yard every day, knowing exactly what they're there to do. Yeah, but I think if you're trying to draw positives from Tuesday night, I mean, I thought you swung it fairly well. I mean, I, I think one of the most encouraging signs for me was Ethan Petrie with a pair of doubles and getting him going again. I mean, my goodness, we all know how big of a deal that is because he was such a vital part of this team's early success, you know, especially in conference play. It's Man, it's been a long time since we've seen an Ethan Petrie homer, hadn't it? It would be a great weekend to see a couple of them. So um, I agree with you, man. Just consistency in the lineup. I mean, you get these guys back. It's it's such a welcome sight to see Braylon Wimmer. I know, unfortunately, Will McGillis re-aggravated his injury. Won't go, I guess, I'm assuming will not go this weekend. Uh, but getting Talmadge, Lecroy back, and, and Wimmer obviously back in the lineup, and Cole Messina, your heart and soul of this team. And, you know, you'd like to get Gavin Cobb. Just get everybody going, right? So, um, I mean, I still <laughs> believe in this lineup. I know they've been, been cold. I mean, I, I did like over the weekend what I saw from – uh, Tippett, I feel like he's swinging a little bit better. You know, Evan Stone, hey, just know your skill set and make a positive contribution in the lineup, right? You know what you can do and not do and what you're capable of. So, um, I mean, I still like this lineup one through nine. I know you'll be without McGillis, but you've been without McGillis practically the entire season is what it feels like. So, um, I, I think Braylon Wimmer for me, guys, is my key player of the weekend when you just look at veteran leadership. And that's what this team has to lean on at this point. And Braylon Wimmer's a guy – He's been through the fire. He's seen this thing when it's been good, and he's seen this thing when it's been terrible. And I think a guy like that, you can lean on him for leadership and experience and and what have you. So he, he's been in pivotal moments. He's played in the postseason at Carolina. Not everybody on this roster has. So, um, but it, you know, it's it's one through nine and finding consistency, like you mentioned, JB, and you know, not just for this weekend, but obviously going in the postseason, getting the most out of those guys. I like that. I'd like everyone to get hot this weekend. I mean, why not, man? One through nine. Let's go. Let's, let's, hey, hey, here's the philosophy of the weekend. Don't make, don't be the guy that makes the third out. Just keep it moving. Just don't make the third out, whatever you do. I'm going to, I'm going to text King. Hey, King, I got an idea. See if you can't get all nine guys hot this weekend. Let's see. Nice. <laughs> hey, all nine all, the first inning. It felt like all nine went cold. So I felt like, it felt like all nine went cold. So why not? But let's actually, to your point, and I'm just picking, you know that, but like, no, I but, but I mean, like, uh, but actually to your point, if you go back to the beginning of the year, you, this team, I mean, hitting is contagious, but like this team actually <clears throat> exploited that even more. Like you would see these, you know, crazy crooked innings and you look up the final scores 12 to two and they, it's because they hung seven on the board in one inning or eight on the board. That's how you get to 12 to two generally, mm-hmm. but like they, 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 they are a, a this team is kind of built for that and that's kind of one of the things I was mentioning with if you have some consistency in the lineup it allows for that um but you know we'll just have to kind of uh kind of see what happens I'm with you I think that they take two of three this weekend I do I think they'll get back on the get back on the wagon and um and I actually am one that thinks that they will maybe be a little bit better this year in Hoover than they have been to be honest with you Chris 
Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, the old the old saying, it's darkest before the dawn. And again, maybe this is just the Gamecock and me coming out or whatever. But I, I just, I refuse to believe that this is it. That the story's written on the Yardcocks this year and all that good they accomplished through 40 plus games is just is just out the window. I, I just refuse to believe that. Um, again, there's, there's too much good leadership on this team. And, um, you know, obviously there's turmoil right now. And I mean, we heard about some of the antics going on at Founders Park Tuesday night. People are fired up and they care. And that's a good thing. So, and these guys care too. I can assure you, uh, as fired up as we get, and sometimes I have to remind myself, they're taking the losing much harder than anybody else. So, yeah. you know, they're fired up to make a statement this weekend. And like you mentioned, I mean, you know, who knows? This is their own ball club. What's happened in the past that matter. Maybe they can make a run in Hoover and, you know, make a run of the postseason. I, I just, I keep reminding people, man, an old Miss last year. That's why, like, I understand where we're at right now, but like, dude, just, uh, you know, some people like, just cancel the rest of the season. I'm like, dude, imagine how old Miss fans felt going in the postseason and they won the national championship. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but like, you just, in baseball, you never know. And if Carolina catches fire the way they did early on, there's not a team that'll beat them. I think oh, they're dangerous. with that. Yeah, I think we all agree with that. So, well, but, it ha- I, but it has to start this weekend. It's got to start this weekend. I think a good scenario to envision here, guys, and this is very possible, um, is if they have a good weekend, and I have reason to believe they will, I think we all do, there is, there's a chance, there's a chance that when you get into the SEC tournament next week, you could have Will Sanders standing there on the mound uh, in, in game one. And that's Will Sanders can pitch in Birmingham or Hoover. That's a that ballpark is shoved last up, year. Shoved last year against set up for him. Yeah, yeah. So if he's good to go, so we'll see. You got your show coming up in what seven minutes? Eight minutes? Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll seven. be we'll be live noon to three. So we're uh, we're rocking. But now, guys, I'm excited for the weekend. Like I said, and the biggest thing, JB, to your point, and everybody else is that this team just needs something good to happen. Just something good to happen. It's a bunch of eighteen to twenty two year old kids, and obviously, it's it's we're talking about it being a mental game. But for those guys. Uh, it's the stress is on the mental side. That's Kingston's greatest challenge and this coaching staff's greatest challenge. So if something good can happen tonight or whenever game one is played and just, just get this team feeling good about themselves again, I think you're going to see it all kind of fall into place. But that's the toughest thing is making that happen first. So we'll see. We'll see. It should be a fun weekend. Very interesting for sure. No kidding. Big time weekend in Columbia. Hope everybody's out there packing the place. Thanks, Chris. Have a wonderful weekend, bud. Yeah, JB, JC, Phil, y'all do the same. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Thanks, Thank you. There you go. Oh, he just JC'd us. Yeah. He uh, Irish goodbye to us. See you. Yeah. Um, so we'll uh, give it a couple of minutes Whoa. here, and then we'll uh, squeeze the final break in with the top of the hour. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. Mash them together. Before, before we get there, JC, I do have a quick question for you. Um Antonio Martin, tailback out of Fairburn, Georgia, uh, in the transfer portal from Georgia Tech, former four-star prospect. What do you know about this young man? Uh, I didn't know. coming out. Um, good player. Got passed at Tech by a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, are you getting me? Am I freezing? Am I still freezing up? We got you. Or at least temporarily right. we have you. Yeah, Thank God. I'm, I'm going to – I can't even tell on my end, by the way. Stupid <laughs> Illinois freaking internet. Everything sucks here. I mean, seriously. Everything Except the food. sucks here. Except the food of my fiance and a handful of old dudes at the bar I hang out with. It sucks. Anyway. Um, 
I didn't think he was a four star coming out, and in at Tech, he progressively got passed by a lot of different, uh, a lot of different players. So, um, I, you know, I was told by a source contact, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm not one of these people that says sources say, sources say, sources. I don't like this. Not good radio or not. Uh, who the hell am I talking? Good radio, Jesus. Uh, there I go again. Um, my contact said that there's not anybody in the portal they even want. So it had to be somebody who, like a grad transfer who gets in, maybe a junior college player that's like a can, can graduate or, or qualify earlier than expected. Like Ben Martin Scott, you remember him. Sure. He, uh, he was initially a 2022 kid in junior college. Uh, came on with Carolina for 2021 because he his academic progress was better. Somebody like that, somebody from the high school ranks that the, the teams completely missed. That's like a Rudy Rudiger type of, of scenario. Uh, I don't know who they could move to running back. I think if you look at the recruiting class coming in, Cameron Sandlin uh, at tight end from Alabama, he was a high school quarterback and could run the ball from – Uh, Satterfield last year was talking about Xavier Leggett making a run, running the ball from scrimmage. Uh, could Leggett be a guy? He's not built like a running back. He's built more like a, a brick poop house, to be honest, but uh, a big receiver. <laughs> um, I, uh, I just, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, I mean, how, how do you get that fifth guy uh, and if you get that fifth guy, you know, uh, is is that just insurance or is it going to be a guy that could start or, or what? Just a good question. So I, I don't think they're going after Martin. Maybe they reassess. Uh, I know that they'll. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to meet on it and say, hey, right, anybody got anything right now? Um, and, and like I said, the situation is not like bottom of the barrel. I, I, I these people on Big Spur, we have the worst room in the SEC, the worst room. Well, it was the war. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, 2020, after Lloyd got hurt, worst running back room in the SEC. And uh, and Harris, uh, Harris led the league in rushing. So, you know, sometimes players get better. Sometimes players evolve. Uh, Rico Dowdle, just like Jacarian Joyner, was a high school quarterback. So Enrico Dowdle had 800 rushing yards behind a bad offensive line uh, in 2016 um, as a true freshman. So, so think about this. Uh, you know, it, there's no reason why the Kerry Joyner can't go out there in, uh, behind it. What, what will be a better offensive line uh, and get some rushing yards? I mean, they have the same type of experience at running back. The uh, has just been in college football for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same with Mario Anderson. So I, I you know, those guys don't scare me. I think they'll be fine. Juju will be fine. What scares me is what if one of them gets hurt? Because because you cannot run Juju McDowell thirty times a game up the middle. I mean, yeah, right. A power situation. You have to use him specifically. Okay, uh, and right. if you only have one back outside of him, you know he's going to wear down, yeah. and you're you're going to probably be be struggling. So. All right, hour one is in the books. Uh, we do need to step aside for a timeout. Derek Scott scheduled to join us at uh, 1220. We're powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com 
inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by TravelingCountryClub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options, and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios. It is the second hour. We are waiting JC's return as soon as uh, Derek Commissar gets the uh, internet <laughs> flowing there in the People's Republic of uh, Northern Illinois. <laughs> and just to remind everybody, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team. Since we missed it, give Cindy a call, 864 864- 414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy for all your upstate residential real estate needs. Uh, on the scoreboard, by the way, at the PGA Championship, if you haven't had a chance to peek at it, uh, and the scoreboard is teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com, it's Kazuki Higa at uh, three under par. The lone player on the course up at Oak Hill that is at three under through 11. There are a couple at two under Ryan Fox, Callum Tarrin, and uh, Keegan Bradley uh, all set at two under par. And then there's a host, a lot of them, as a matter of fact, at one under par, including names like John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, and Scotty Scheffler. Um, So uh, that's what's going on up there. Meredith is going to pop in with us for a little bit tomorrow and try to kind of help diagnose some of what we are seeing today and what we'll potentially see uh, tomorrow at the uh, PGA Championship. Uh, Tea times will go all the way until 4.30 this afternoon. And um, one of the more interesting, or a couple of the more interesting groups that are set to go off I'll just start in order here. In the 3 o'clock hour, Cam Young, Tommy Fleetwood, and Hideki Matsuyama at 3.15. Tony Finau, Adam Scott, and Max Homa at 3.26. Shoffley, DJ, and Tyrell Hatton at 3.37. And then this is an interesting one. Patrick Cantlay, Ricky Fowler, and Phil Mickelson will go at 3.48 this afternoon. So a lot of still what's left on the course today, and we'll certainly be watching this weekend with PGA Championship rolling. Uh, right along, in addition to Gamecock baseball and Gamecock softball. Remember, they'll play tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, 7.30, I think, against UCF down in the Florida State Regional. So they're playing well at the right time. 
and hoping to go to Tallahassee and pull a major upset uh, in that regional and head towards the Supers, and we'll see if maybe they can make it all the way to Oklahoma City. We'll find out, but it could be a fun weekend for South Carolina Athletics. It is uh, still raining in Columbia as well. I, I we, We've got Derek coming up in 13 minutes, so we will um, – We'll see if if he has any idea as to when they're planning to make a call in this game tonight and um, try to maybe double – might have to double dip it here in the next couple of days. But we'll, we'll see what they're going to do on that. Would you rather do two nines tomorrow or two sevens on Saturday? No, I'm a nine guy. I hate seven Same. innings in baseball. I mean, I, I just – when I, even when I was in high school, like – I hated playing seven inning games. Um, just never felt like the game was over. <laughs> so yeah, I'd rather him play. I'd rather him play nine. I think, but I mean, that's a, that's personally speaking. I think if you're South Carolina, you'd rather play seven <laughs> from a pitching standpoint right now. Um, yeah. Not sure how healthy uh, Veach is is going to be, and um, you know, you, with Jerzen Beck out, and you know, maybe not a as much confidence in one or two of these other guys as you thought. I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, you you have to – those that are sliding into new roles, and that's what's been kind of happening the last week or two, couple of weeks. I mean, look at the starting rotation. This ain't the starting rotation from when the year started. Coming into the season, you, you, you had Sanders, Hall, Mahoney. You were like, holy smokes. We got one of the two or three best rotations in the league, which means we probably have one of the four or five best in the country. And and then you knew that you had Hicks and you had Jones and you had Jerzenbeck and all these guys who could also come in and start. Well, look at it now. All right, so you got Jones on Friday. Mahoney is in there on Saturday. Becker's in there on Sunday. I know it's TBA, uh, games two and three this week, but that's the way that it is. Uh, Sanders is out with an undisclosed whatever uh hall, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right hall is out with an injury jerzenbeck's out for the season so it's all changed so you you have you have literally like your top six arms have all shifted roles all right so you've got like i i know this maybe maybe people haven't really thought about it like this i'm not making excuses that's not what i'm saying i'm my point is it's time like in your new role it's try, time to step up and go you know, you got you got to go. Now, a lot of these guys in the roles that they're inheriting or the roles are being put into, you know, they're not as good as the guys that were in those. But you're gonna have to nut up and go out there and pitch. And and you know, so you know, Will Proctor's gonna Will Proctor, <laughs> Nick Proctor's gonna get a little bit more use than he was in a little bit of a different role. You know, Beach should be okay. Um, so you know, we'll see what what ends up happening with him. Um, you know, I I don't really think personally that. That Kate Austin's been very good all year. Uh, no, yeah. I, 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 I get of all the guys that they put in the game when he comes in. I mean, and I mean no disrespect to this young man. He's an outstanding kid, and he's got stuff. Big body. Somebody wants to give him a chance. I know that probably in the, in pro ball, but he makes me re- pretty nervous out there at certain times. It's it's like he's trying to be too perfect, and then he is, and the ball leaves the yard. Um, you know, so, you know, they, they, they've got new faces in new places from a pitching standpoint that they're just going to have to absorb what they're there to do and do it. And, uh, you know, 
let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, well, I think. I mean, I'm taking some heart in the fact that over the last four games, uh, you starting pitching looked good in Arkansas. Uh, definitely better than it had for the past two series. The bats were hotter on Tuesday, even though it was, you know, because here's the, we scored nine runs. I mean, I know we left guys on stranded batters on base, didn't get, weren't very productive in two out situations, but you still scored nine runs, mm-hmm. uh, which is more output than you've had in, oh, I don't know, <laughs> how many weeks. So yeah. you're swinging the bat again. And now all, all we can hope for is that the baseball gods will allow us to put all of this together into one series here at the end, of, you know, to actually. Because you, you can still play into everything you want in the postseason uh, in three games. You just, But you can't have that hiding in the back of your head mentally. You just have to go out there and execute. That's what it needs to be is just execution this weekend. And 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 we've seen them do it. So there's no reason. I mean, it's not like you're, you're asking the world of this team because they have the capability of doing it, and, and they just need to go in there with the confidence that they can. Relax and uh, play like you're capable of playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think. I mean, like what King, what Coach Kingston said what, yesterday. Was it yesterday or Tuesday? Might have been Tuesday. I don't know what. What's today? Thursday. They played Tuesday. So yesterday, like he he wasn't he wasn't lying about that. I mean, I've got pretty good sources in that locker room. You know, like these guys aren't pressing at all. I mean, they're just ready to go play. They're ready to go play, and uh, we'll see if they can play tonight. But um, they're not pressing, and and even if it doesn't go their way this weekend, they're not going to be pressing next week. They're just not. I mean, there is good leadership on that team, and there's good kids on that team, and they've they have a good baseball team, regardless of what all you know, you know the 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 heroes of the world that have a keyboard want to tell you. Like they do have a good baseball team, might not end the way everybody wants it to, or me included. Um, you know, that, but. They do, and if it all goes wrong and it ends terribly, yeah, sure. Then you know there's a conversation that needs to be had about what happened, why did it happen, and what do we need to do to fix it. But as of now, nothing's over, and and South Carolina still hopefully got a lot of baseball to play. And this weekend is it going to be a giant step towards where they want to go? Now with Derek coming up, we can um, we can we can certainly ask him what he thinks, but. I I I think with where they are as a projected eleven seed, you get swept. I'm I'm not sure you're hosting. If you win two, you well, it's not even a, you're hosting a regional. Uh, you can just count on it. If you win one, you're more than likely are. Um, we'll see if someone can snake one for you, but but uh, or snake one from you. Excuse me. But uh, if you win one, that that gets you to sixteen wins in the league. I I just with with where they are from an RPI standpoint, six, finishing sixteen and thirteen overall, I, I think they they probably squeeze in there at the end. I could see that. I, I think win one and you host, um, maybe. Uh, you know, the problem is if you get swept by Tennessee, I believe that Tennessee passes you in the in the standings. Uh, well, if I you get swept Tennessee, by Tennessee, you're not hosting. Yeah, I think Tennessee gets 17 wins in the league, and then they probably would host. Um, uh, I'll say this about them. If I'm uh, oh, West Virginia or Clemson or one of these non-ACC teams that's hosting, Tennessee's the last team I want to see get put in my regional. 
Um, they they kind of remind me of, of of a team that you know at, you're just kind of waiting for them to put it all together, and and, and you kind of feel like they will in the postseason. Because um, I, I think last year was so disappointing. They've probably just been waiting all year to get back. You know what I'm saying? And um, they're not waiting much longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, think, I think they're in the NCAA tournament. Oh, what, what are they waiting on? You remember, you know, the old uh, the guy's drowning, and uh, and a fisherman comes up on him, and he says, "Can I help you?" No, it's okay. Jesus will save me. And the next guy comes up, and he's out still drowning. Can I help you? No, Jesus will save me. And the guy drowns and goes to heaven and said, God, why didn't you send a boat? He said, or why didn't you save me? He said, I sent you two boats, dummy. And he didn't <laughs> hop in. So I'm not sure what Tennessee's waiting on here, but uh, might want to kind of kick it into gear. If, if, you know. I don't know. I, I just, yeah, teams like that, they, they, when, when you got a great team, you come up short the year before you got everybody back. I, I don't know. I just wouldn't want to play well, them. I, I really me, don't want me, South Carolina to, to play them this weekend. Let I, me tell you who you don't want to play right now in the postseason out of the SEC, JC. It's Auburn. That's who you don't want to oh, play. Yeah. And if if Coastal gets it right now at the projections, let's say they held, and Coastal pulls in two-seed Auburn and three-seed TCU and four-seed Mercer, <laughs> I think I'd screwed. <laughs> that would be the biggest screw job that I could possibly remember. And I can't think of a better group of people that would deserve it either uh, because that is the most obnoxious freaking mid-major little fan base out there. That thinks that they're coastal? something that they're not. Yeah, oh, God, coastal. You know? ah, like I gotta, you gotta move members? back to South Carolina to be able to observe. Okay, right, yeah, right. Know? So yeah, one of my members of my site, Neil, he's a he's a big coastal guy. I mean, they're like, not all uh, that way. It's it's not a one size fits all here, but a lot of them. It's just yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They, Dude, my mom went to school there. I remember them. Uh, I pull. I remember them. They met when Russ Bergman was the basketball coach there. They made the NCAA tournament. One time had a really good team, and that that's back when their color scheme was garnet and black, and, and yeah. they had the baby chicken or whatever, looked just like South Carolina. And I remember they played Indiana and Bob Knight in the first round, and you know Coastal gave them a game. It was about ten points. I remember my mom was happy, but man, that's like USC. That that school used to be like USC Upstate. I mean, oh yeah, really, absolutely. They recruited uh, me. It was I mean, USC I, Coastal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I now like. uh they they've won an, uh, one more national championship ship than Clemson has. <laughs> That's even funny, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, so, but I, I have a lot of respect for their baseball program. Don't misunderstand me now. Like I, I've got a ton of respect for Gary Gilmore. Uh, it's just some of the people that all of a sudden that you know they 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 think that they've got the tradition of South Carolina or Texas. Yeah, they, they, they had a all. really good they had a really good run in football, but unfortunately. The straw that stirs that drink took off and went to Liberty, and I'm not sure they made a good hire at all. Yeah, they man. hired the NC State offensive coordinator Tim Beck. I just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's my Dave, my anti. Can you believe that Dave Dorn is ranked 25th in the country by CBS Sports, and Shane Beamer is ranked 40th? They did those coach rankings again. That's why I don't read them. No, I didn't even know that. I read them just to piss myself off, you know. And and, and I'm not pissed off individually at any of those guys. They all vote. And it's funny because Tom Fernelli, who writes the article, he disagrees with just about all the rankings. I can't believe my colleagues did this. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, what's the criteria, you know? But Dave Dorn, and now Dave Dorn's survived long enough going eight. He's eight and four Dave is what he is. He's eight and four Dave. He survived long enough going eight and four at NC State 
Tori's about to be the all-time winningest coach, uh, wins-wise, in program history. But uh, Lou Holtz was 19 games above 500 at NC State. So, yeah. old Dave is just, like, just getting by. I mean, he, he could have seven NFL draft picks and go eight and four. He could have none and go eight and four. I mean, I just, you know, that's not a great coach. That's a that's a babysitter. That's a that's a that's a maintainer. It's a placeholder I mean, cupcake conference, is what it is. <laughs> Somebody's got to be eight and four in the ACC. It might as well, well I be tell you, NC State. I tell you what, there's gonna be a few. Anybody that has dreams of that this year that's got Florida State on their uh, on their schedule, they might want to tack on an extra loss. I got I got a feeling that the Knowles have turned the corner uh, to what they generally are or should be, I guess, uh, or have been, and certainly what they aspire to be, which is really freaking good because they just keep adding dudes. And Clemson, yeah. it might be over up there. We'll Dabo's see. Davos on, um, on a safari, man. He's on a safari. Chill out. Well, you know, you can't trust the transfer portal. Tell that to Florida State. All right, we got to go. When we return, Derek Scott, the voice of Gamecock Baseball, We'll jump in tonight. Carolina and Tennessee are ready to roll, if they can, at Founders Park. Hang tight. We'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Coleman from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks.
Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than the voice of Carolina baseball, Derek Scott. Happy to have you back, Derek. Howdy, Howdy folks. Man. How we doing? How's the weather up there? Um, lousy. Um, <laughs> I looked out the window like I thought maybe it had changed in the last two seconds. Those, those <laughs> That's what I keep doing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, it's snowing. How many? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, Derek, I'm I'm on, I'm on John's Island. I keep looking out, going, yeah, I don't know if they're going to play. Well, now wait a second. They're 110 miles from my house. I, yeah. they, the weather might be different up there. Yeah, I don't know. What uh, What do you think? I I, oof, I don't know because it's not. It doesn't feel like it's really raining hard right now like it was this morning, but I don't know what's coming. Uh, I think they're going to try and make a decision by around three. Okay. And uh, and then, you know, the, the weird thing is, Tommy and I talked about this some last night on the, the leadoff show, is the first thing, the, the phases you have to go through. Because, you know, now that they changed the rule where you can extend this final weekend to Sunday if you need to. Oh, to me, the logical conclusion would be, okay, let's just back everything up a day. But you can't do that. The first step has to be you try and play two tomorrow. So they added this new rule to leave Sunday as a window, but the only way it comes into effect is if, I guess, Thursday and Friday are both a mess. I, I don't I don't know. Why? That's, kind of Why? That's right. ridiculous. Yeah, I kind of think the same. Uh, but, yeah, option one, if we can't play tonight, is we have to try and play two tomorrow. Um, which would not be great for South Carolina as thin as this pitching step is right now yeah. to stack the doubleheader up, but it is what it is. So, and if they can't play, okay, so let's let's go past that. Let's say they can't play today and they can't get into tomorrow, which I don't think that'd be true. But let's just say they couldn't. Right. Option th- uh, option three would be to play two on one tomorrow and two Saturday. I yeah, I don't know. You've gotten beyond my uh, my realm of expertise which is very limited to begin with uh so yeah i don't know where exactly sunday comes into play in that whole scenario but you're right tomorrow looks fine so i would imagine if for some reason we can't go tonight which i mean we know what that reason would be then we'd likely be looking at playing two tomorrow and starting probably around three o'clock so do you do you think that that's why uh coach king went with tba for saturday sunday I, yeah, I, I don't know. When they moved up that press conference yesterday to mid-morning, I had other other work to do and couldn't be there, so I didn't have a chance to really see him or ask him much uh, about that. But that that is entirely possible because all three starters last weekend pitched very well, but all three also, I believe, had their high pitch count of the season. Mm-hmm. So to turn them around on short rest to begin with was in a great scenario. Um, and, and then to do it under these – Odd circumstances, if games start being piled up, also uh, probably not great. Well, it won't be – if they back it up to tomorrow, it won't be short rest for, for Eli. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the key to all this, Derek. I mean, they – Jack Mahoney, in, in my opinion, had the best performance of any starter this year. Uh, he was – I mean, he, yeah. you had to have that. And, and they got it. And he was just special. But Eli also, for the second – time this season takes the ball on the road in game one and he went out there and, and I thought was just fantastic and then Becker you know to get a start like that on the road on a Sunday that's a quality start you can win with a start like that so you couldn't ask for any more but but Arkansas pitching in the league this year is the is has been better than everybody else and I I don't I don't get it they've had a ton of injuries and you didn't see anything that really blew you away from their arms compared to like Florida's arms or Vanderbilt's arms but you know, Dave Van Horn's 
he's a wizard, man. He's figured it out for a bunch of years in a row. But back to your point about Becker, absolutely. I mean, take that on Sunday every stinking week. And and then the other factor there that kind of the, the things, maybe it sounds like making excuses or maybe it's just seeing it from a different perspective. But uh, Morris Hodges had the plate Sunday. Morris Hodges is a very good umpire, but he does not give high strikes. And Becker lives at the top of the zone. That's really where his stuff is. And if he would have had one of the other home plate umpires during the weekend for his game, he could have been the one zooming through, uh, through you know, long innings. Because he was pretty doggone good as it was. He didn't walk anybody. If Becker doesn't walk people, he can be very effective. Um, but he didn't get any of those high strikes with that, that rising fastball where he typically has some success when things are going well for him. So that, that wasn't great. But, no, I, to your point about Jack, though, yeah, absolutely. Best start of the year under the circumstances. Uh, we talked about channeling your inner Cody Morris when we got to that ballpark, and he did. He, he threw a game that was comparable to what Cody did in the Super Regional in that stadium uh, back in 18. Derek, you, you mentioned the umpiring. I don't want to go down a crazy rabbit hole here, but I, I, I just I think that it's really not been that good this year. Uh, all around the league, and I'm not, not I'm just not just South Carolina. I mean, I, I watch a lot of baseball, um, and I, I this is my opinion on it, Derek. And, and you take this and tell me where I'm wrong, um, and I can handle it if you tell me I'm wrong. I, I just think that they have they you know the with the way that they're trying to train these guys now with this TrackMan system, and, and you know they've brought so much new technology into the game over the last few years. They're trying to improve it. They're not trying to hurt, harm the game. I understand that. Um, but I, I just don't know that these guys, when they go out there, I'm not sure that they're confident in themselves anymore and calling strikes. What is a strike? I don't even know what a strike is, it seems like. So you, you've seen almost every pitch that's been thrown in league play this year for South Carolina, both here and everywhere, and you know every umpire in the league, essentially. What is What would be your take or opinion on that? They are much more aware of the track man data exposing them if their zone is inconsistent with what people think it should be. So they are tightened up. For the most part, that means folks get tighter. If, yeah. if, if TrackMan's done anything, it's made for smaller strike zones. And in a year in which coaches all tend to agree the baseball's hot, and so home runs are flying out at a pace they haven't been since the gorilla ball era, that's a hell of a combination for pitchers to have to manage. Smaller zone and, and balls or bats, depending on who you ask, that are lively. <laughs> Yeah, good luck, man. No wonder the ERA is as high as it's been in I don't know how long around the league, you know. I mean, it's it's a hitter's league right now, and that's why South Carolina early in the year was having the success it was because you had the combination of guys who were hitting for power and pitchers who were filling up the zone. Uh, and, and now as the season's progressed, you've had some injuries and some of the power hitters have hit a bit of a slump. And then the pitchers who are still filling up the zone, stuff hasn't been as sharp. So if they know you're going to be around the zone a lot, they can be as hitters, opposing hitters, aggressive. And uh, you've seen guys like, you know, James Hicks, perfect example. He was so good early, and he's still the same pitcher. His stuff doesn't seem as sharp, but he's still around the zone so often that uh, he's, you know, given up a lot of hits now. And and it's just because he doesn't doesn't walk many guys. He's, He's aggressive. Uh, but it's a pick your poison. Is it better to nibble or is it better to be so consistently in the zone? The hitters can go up there very aggressively and, and hit you hard, which he's, he's run into that the last few outings. So what's better for baseball? I mean, is it, is it better to have a computer generated strike zone that just a different 
a different guy is calling every game that you're out there, or is it better for umpires to have a strike zone? I think that's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, everybody's got something different they like about the game. Uh, I I, kind of like the human element. Me too. uh, But it it does – you say that, and then, of course, the minute you're getting a bad zone in your mind – you don't like it too much anymore, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, let's ask Monty what he thinks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, well, do you think, Derek, that you know, kind of disproportionately? Uh, sorry, do you think that that situation kind of influenced the disproportionate number of breaking balls to fastballs, say Tuesday, um, in the midweek, where it just looked like if these guys, if they if they know their fastball is not their best pitch, they're just I mean, they're going to try to shake it off and not do it just because they know. People are pitching backwards a lot more now, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, as we've seen, uh, where, whether it was Will Sanders or anybody else, the velocity goes up, but that doesn't mean people don't hit it. Uh, you know, you're not blowing – very few fastballs are good enough to just blow people away if they're straight. If you've got good movement on your fastball, then that makes it your best pitch. And yeah. even if it's not like don, dynamite velo, if it if it moves a lot, man, that's still the best way to go. But not everybody's got that in their arsenal, and, and that's why I mentioned about Matthew Becker. He doesn't throw that hard. He's ninety, ninety one, maybe ninety two, but he's got that that pitch that seems obviously they'll tell you it's not real, but it seems like it rises and it, it goes up in the zone, and and it's hard to hit for that reason. Um, and it, it just it comes down to what your arsenal. Holds and then of course Tuesday South Carolina was limited in who they could throw, and you had to run some guys out there. Now, I mean that's not really pointing out. I mean the, the, probably the two guys with the best stuff that pitched that day were the two that got hit the hardest. You know yeah. Williamson and Veach. So that doesn't tell you much, but they obviously knew they had to lean on some guys for innings that they wouldn't have earlier in the year. Earlier in the year we had we had the Becker and Jones throw it on Tuesdays, and now they're two of your weekend starters, and that's why. That's a pretty good example of why things have changed as far as this team's outlook uh, from, you know, March and early April to now. Yeah, we, we just talked about that just, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. And the fact that, you know, if you actually go back a couple of months and and you remember where this staff was and the roles in which these young men were in, and then you fast forward, they've all inherited a different role for the most part. And, and you know, now you're just kind of in that, well, look, this is your job kind of got to just nut up and go out there and 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 get it done um that's that's where you are and 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 so they're of course going to have every opportunity to do that this weekend I I will say it was encouraging to see um you know offensively nine runs on the board the other night Derek they did leave a lot out there I think they were walked nine or ten times too so Mm -hmm. probably a few more runs would have been well a few more runs would have won them the game um (laughs) <laughs> but you shouldn't have to rely on 12 runs to win a baseball game necessarily either. Um, with that said, you know, do you feel like with what we've seen, the, the okay, Wimmer's back in there. We'll see what the future of McGillis holds. Not sure at this point in time. We, we know that Costas is playing. You know, they, they seemingly are as close to healthy as they've been from a lineup standpoint. Do you feel like they've kind of settled in on – who they're going to be in the postseason, but as far as um, as far as who's going to be out there contributing, but from a lineup standpoint, doesn't it kind of still feel like they're trying to feel out like what is their best nine in, in when they like write that card up? Well, I, I think I think 
I, I believe that what we saw Tuesday means you take uh, McGillis out of the equation. Uh, I don't know that yeah, that's yeah. official, but I don't see how you can at all take to the bank thinking he's going to be able to contribute after the, that check. What that check swing seemed to do to him, causing that kind of pain. I, I don't. It, it, the whole point of getting him in there Tuesday was we're trying to get his timing back now before you get to postseason. Well, if you can't do that because obviously he shut down for this weekend, can't get his timing back before postseason. How how valuable can he be when he's been out as long as he's been out? I mean, that was week two of conference play when he had to yeah. shut it down. So, yeah, I think you do kind of know who, who your lineup is. It's just a matter of what form, what version of those guys uh, you're going to get. You know, how, how, how strong is Wimmer? When can he get to the point that he can, you know, hit a ball on the ground and run it out? Um, you know, what, what's going on with uh, – with Petri, is that just a freshman who's hit a wall from so many reps in a college season that he's not seen before? So is his bat slowed down, slowed down, or is he just being pitched so well that he's like every freshman goes through, hit that point where he's second guessing himself in every at bat and putting himself in a hole? Can he get through that and get back to being something close to what he was? Because you know when they were rolling early in the conference play, it was great and all, but he was carrying an unrealistic level of the weight by himself. And and you knew that couldn't last. And and Messina has carried a pretty high level of weight the last three weeks to a month. Um, But, you know, you've not had both of them at the same time, you know, really locked in. And that that's probably what you need to see in the postseason If you, if you want to get on a good long run here. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, Petri, I mean, Derek, when, at some point in time, he was going to slow down. We all knew that. I mean, it, been around this game too long, and he hadn't hit a home run since May 3rd. Uh, someone mentioned earlier, please uh, do. Maybe he'll go yard this weekend. Maybe he will. I was encouraged to see that ball clear the right center field gap the other night, though, for him. Mm-hmm. that's He's had his best, and it started from day one. When he can shoot that gap, He's there, and what we've seen the last couple of weeks with him, Derek, was you've seen from every press box you've been in, a lot of these balls that he has hammered foul down the left, yeah. field, left field line, those balls were leaving the yard. And and that's where he's just been a smidge off. And maybe maybe they've kind of found that a little bit going into the going into the weekend. Um, what you uh, what have you learned about Tennessee uh, as they come in there? Everybody's playing for something here. Yeah. Uh, if you win the series, Carolina's a lock, basically, to host a regional. Tennessee, of course, is, is really kind of trying to play their way into that if they possibly can. We'll see. They've got, got plenty of work to do. But most importantly, they're trying to get hot to go into the postseason and get somewhere where they should have been last year, which is called Omaha. Um, yeah. So uh, the Vols, describe what you have or what you make of them coming into the weekend. They've also had kind of a topsy-turvy season with a bunch of guys up and down, up and down. Yeah, they, they've gotten it going of late. They had a rough start, obviously. Um, brought back all three of those studs weekend pitchers, and none of them have had the year that was expected of them to the point that they've got a different guy entirely starting on Friday for them. Uh, and and they've, they've moved one of them to the bullpen. And you've still got a ton of pitching depth there, though. I mean, they've got the number one. I think coming into the week, they had the best ERA in the league overall. 3.73 before Tuesday night. Conference play, they're, uh, I think, fifth. Um, right ahead, of, right there where South Carolina is, just ahead of them by a fraction. But um, they've still got 
all of the arms that made those numbers possible. Um, you know, and, and so you look at their, their weekend guys, they've got some serious velocity and guys who have proven it. So, you know, that's the question is, how will they pitch on the road? Because I asked John Wilkerson, their play-by-play guy last night, how in the world is this team's record so bad on the road? What What is the missing piece to be this far below everybody else in the conference in road games? And he he gave a bunch of examples of games where they were right there and couldn't close the deal. In other words, he was he was, I think, saying, hey, look, it's they're not that far off. They haven't just been destroyed on the road routinely. You know, they got off to a terrible start and got swept at Missouri in in Arctic conditions the opening weekend of conference play. <laughs> um, but really since then, there have been a lot more weekends where they've lost on the road uh, in games that they let get away than it has been just getting, you know, beaten up on. Um, so I'm anxious to see, you know, how it translates. Our park plays somewhat similar to theirs. You know, they're small. They, the ball tends to fly. They rely on the home run a bunch. Um, you know, conference play, they've got uh, 47 home runs. No, four, excuse me, 46 home runs in conference play. Um, and so they're right there with South Carolina and the way they lean on the home run. And then it's just a matter really of, you know, which one of these teams gets the most effective pitching uh, to limit those kinds of big innings. That, mm-hmm. to me, will, will tell a lot of the story. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it. This is if. Would you agree with what I said? Like, if you if you lay it out this way, if you get let's 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 go worst case first. Carolina gets swept. I don't know that they host a regional there. I think right. they're gonna have a lot of damage in the post in the SEC tournament. If they win one, in your mind, do you think that they are still a top sixteen? I don't, I don't know because that would mean you lose your last four conference series. And I think a lot of people on the committee evaluate on series as much yep. as they do on anything else. And that, that'd be a tough way to roll into it. And, and then what I've been saying, God, I got asked this a thousand times Tuesday at the ballpark. And it sounds like a cop-out answer, but nothing matters in a vacuum. Anything you do still is impacted by what other teams do when they're pursuing those same opportunities. So whether it's Tennessee or Auburn or teams from other conferences, what you do is not judged exclusively on its own merit. It, it's got to be compared to what else is going on out there. I think South Carolina right now is positioned ahead of most of those teams to host. So if they do what they need to do, like you said, if they win two out of three, they're hosting. I don't have any doubt about that. If they don't win two out of three, um, then, yeah, you, you open the door for other people to move past you, depending on how they perform this weekend. And then what goes on uh, in conference tournament play, which – I, I never like worrying about that, man. I mean, no. you're already in on the pitching staff, and now you're going to have to turn around and figure out who to start on Tuesday. That, that's an awful scenario to be in. Uh, yeah, I know. Do you do you have any faith or confidence at all in Will Sanders getting a crack at returning in the conference tournament? I don't know. I don't know what precisely to make of his injury. Uh, as far as what it, it yeah. what it means from a pain tolerance standpoint. Uh, so I don't know. Because, yeah, that'd be a nice little thing to have in your back pocket is to say, hey, he's fresh. And if he feels okay, you certainly would choose him to run out there instead of somebody else on short rest. Uh, I, but I have not heard anything more than the fact that 
Will has said up front, hey, I'm going to do all I can to get back out there and help us in the postseason. But in my mind, when you say that, I think more about the NCAA, not the uh, not the SEC version. Yeah. Of the postseason. Well, I mean, that would be best case scenario. Well, best case scenario would be South Carolina finding their way into the top four this weekend. If they could, right. then they get a bye. Yeah. And then and then they. So you need Arkansas then, to sweep Vanderbilt, and you need yep. to win two out of three. I think that gets you get you that half game edge and would get you the four seed. I believe. Yeah, it would. That's right. Yep. So if uh, if Van that. That it does, yes. In South or, Carolina, or, or or you sweep Tennessee and Vandy wins two out of three. Mm-hmm. I think that and, gets you there. And let Florida go ahead and get swept, and then you then you lock up the East. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. that, probably not going to happen. Aim, <laughs> that's a, the Air Force that's used a, to say that, right? Aim high. The, the Gators are Gator, Gators are hot right now. So it's, yeah. no, they are. Yeah, Florida is. Um, you know, it's and that, that's the that's the series, Derek. That's standing out now amongst all series for South Carolina. That sweep of Florida is what has bought them the cushion that they have received through yeah. this little bit of a slump here. Yeah, no and, doubt and, about not it. And yeah. and you know, to to JC's point, yes. And you watch them on the last week, and you go, "Good God, they're loaded." But then you also kind of look at them like so many – there's a lot of teams in this league who can't seem to sustain it on the road. So I'm right. curious to see how they play on the road this weekend. Kentucky, of course, there's no fans there. It's not going to be an intimidating atmosphere. But they are built for that ballpark, as we found out. They are built for playing on that stinking AstroTurf surface. And uh, they, they hit the ball well. They put the ball in play. They get a lot of ground ball base hits. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to. I wouldn't begin to guess. Even if I were Brad Bohannon, I wouldn't begin to guess on who to pick. Oh wow! wow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Derek, you, you, whoa, man! Last time I was on this show, I was defending his honor to the ends because you know, in my mind, he had nothing to do with any of this, and then come to find out, he had everything to do with it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that, that guy. But, but you can't say that about Kentucky Proud Park, Derek. They're, they're DJ and the, the eclectic <laughs> selection of music that they play uh, is like Vandy Whistler level good. I mean, hey, I, 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 during that series, I turned it off their broadcast. By the way, Arkansas has a really good broadcast team. Yes, so they those do. guys do it. They're you really fair. Really Mark Kingston agreed with you. He, he, he yeah. told me he, he went back to the hotel and listened to it. And he asked me, he goes, hey, who are their – who are their guys? And I thought he was talking about the radio guys, and I'm telling him, and then I figure out, no, he's he watched the game on, on yeah, SS Plus, and he's like, those guys are good. I'm like, I, they, I don't they know. were solid. One they of those guys, good. yeah, one of those guys, I, I was because I was doing my normal thing, listening to both. Well, yeah. that's generally only with South Carolina, but those guys were good. So from time to time, I was listening. One of them told a story about. Kingston from years ago, maybe he said something like King recruited him or something, huh, or coached against him. But so I, didn't, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, it was. Yeah, really it was. Good. It was something else. I mean, they weren't Derek Scott. I turn were, it over to you guys, Derek, and tell you that Derek. And I, I, I'll just want to compliment you on your. I don't know. I couldn't hand. I'd have to leave that stadium. I mean, I, it, and and it's a it's a trend with Kentucky because in football too. Commonwealth at Kroger Field. Yeah. It, it's just this loud dance uh, party. And I'm like, how do you get an atmosphere going? Uh, I guess it's the basketball nature of them or something. But I, I, I was just, like, not impressed. No, when, when you've got such a small crowd and most of the crowd are little leaguers you've recruited, you're trying to build that fan base. I just don't know where that fits. I don't understand <laughs> the point of that. But 
It was. It was over the top, annoying, and and when combined that with how we were playing, and it's a miracle Tommy didn't just jump right out the window. To be honest, with you. <laughs> I can only imagine what he was saying during breaks up there, or maybe well, and and you may have heard him on the air. And this wasn't him. This was both of us. We've had two weekends in a row now. And this listen to the whiny, whiny announcers. Two weekends in a row now where nobody mm. will print off anything in the press box, and they didn't tell us ahead of time. So we show up in both of those venues, and no, there's no stats. There's no game notes. There's no roster. What? I, don't know. I, I, stole, I, stole, I stole King's Kentucky roster from the dugout on uh, on Friday <laughs> before the game. <laughs> the Kentucky roster. And, and they, they just, you know, they just say, oh, Kentucky claimed they were trying to save money by not printing as much stuff. And, uh, and What? And, and then Arkansas just kind of dropped the the you know the conservation movement on me, and 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 I told him I said, oh, God. the tree's oh, dying Lord. at my hotel or it's dying here at the stadium." But all I wanted was some sort of hands up that it was going to be this way because I would have printed. So I mean, Kentucky's radio guy Darren Hedrick, who's an awesome dude, he was printing stuff at home and bringing it to me and Tommy because the hotel was a, such a zoo with you know the derby. And graduation weekend, we couldn't even get anything printed there. At Arkansas, we were printing at the hotel after we figured out the first night that, yeah, there wasn't going to be anything. None of of this, man. I mean, come on, man. I I mean, come on. That's (laughs) what. Well, that will will conclude this week's episode of Whiny Ass Announcers. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, it. Kentucky's got a lot more problems than worried about saving trees. That's yeah. for sure. Um, that's funny. What's it? Just out of curiosity, because I've been in the I've been in the baseball stadium, I've been in the football stadium, and as JC pointed out, he's dead on. It is obnoxiously loud with music nobody enjoys. What What is it like in Rupp? No, they they know better. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. They, they they have tried to get you know the modern version of having live people on the floor during timeouts doing things, but it still stays within the bounds. They are not trying to turn Rupp into an NBA venue, yeah. uh, which they they would that that would be very wise for them to avoid that. It's still, I mean, when you go there, it's one of those places where you're just kind of like tag on. Think about. Think about the history here, and you know you're going, you're running to the restroom at halftime, and Jack Gibbons is in the next stall, and you're just kind of trying <laughs> not to turn around. You know, it's just bad. But no, I mean, there, there's there's just you know there's so much awesomeness there that you can't you can't top that joint in my mind. Yeah, no, I, I figured it wasn't wasn't as gimmicky as football and baseball because right. uh, it's pretty gimmicky, that's for sure. All right, Derek. Well, uh, you know you know the drill. You pull them through. You got, you got to get two this weekend. Where your record's getting a little shaky. So, uh, <laughs> if you'd known me longer, you would have figured that out many years ago. <laughs> you can't, you can't well, trust these Reds guys, man. These damn yeah. Cincinnati guys. They, you know, they, exactly. they try, but thank you, man. We really do appreciate it. Hopefully, the weather uh, clears up, and um, but we know we know you'll call three this weekend. We just don't know which days you'll call them, but we'll indeed. We'll be listening. Thanks, bud. All right, guys. Thanks, Derek. The great Derek Scott. I think he's the best play-by-play guy in the conference uh, when it comes to college Funny guy, too. Yeah. You get him to open up a little bit, man. He'll make you laugh longer than you got time for. He'll 
I like people with personalities, but but I tend to gravitate towards that. Great interview, by the way, JB, because you ask all the pertinent baseball questions and (laughs) allow me to update my Carolina Rise spreadsheet while we're sitting here. And to get your internet working. All right, let's say. Well, that's probably why. That's 90% of the reason I hadn't said much because I'm just. I hate no, that. it's been great since you rebooted. Yeah, since to restart. Yeah, you're you're on, man. Yeah, I'm gonna go see because you know you know like for a week there, my internet would conk out at exactly twelve yeah. fifty eight Eastern yep. time and for like three <laughs> days know. straight. So I'm, I'm wondering if one of the kids doesn't have like some kind of download setup that I'm not aware oh. of that's eating bandwidth at different times because we we recently upgraded like we're paying more and it's worse, which is yeah. why I think. This place sucks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago's well, the only place you, you can pay more for something and it's worse. Uh, yeah, it's, that's right. And there's a couple other states like that, but yes, probably. mostly, yeah, you're, you're on. All right. Uh, final timeout. We got to hit our final timeout of the afternoon. Yeah. And we'll I'll, begin to wrap things up. I want to answer some of these football stuff. There's some football stuff I want to get to in the chat box too quickly when we get back. The floor is yours, my man. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. The days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land O'Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox! On a deep drive to left, Morgan looks up and it is gone! The 0-2 is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Passes. And it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. (laughs) 
welcome back in, everybody, to the final segment of Inside the Gamecocks, the show for this Thursday now afternoon. And we will get some more un, I don't know, choppy. (laughs) We get JC's complete thoughts on what's going on, assuming that his headphones work. (laughs) No. Yeah, well, the hood will turn off at approximately five till the top of the funnel. That's right. I'm like, I didn't, I don't remember setting a timer here, you know. Uh, Cam mentioned something about Vakari Swain playing running back. Trust me, Cam. I thought of it. Because <laughs> uh, he's an athlete. Athletically, he's probably going to be too good to keep off the field. I anticipate him being, making a push. I'm not guaranteeing it, but making a push. Because remember, Cam Smith redshirted, so. Good corner, sometimes redshirt, uh, to be a top in the two deep at corner uh, at Carolina, and he may like like your your friends here said he, he may just he's probably not big enough just to be totally straight with you. Um, I would actually if I wanted to if I move somebody from the, from the freshman class that's there already to running back, I'd probably just do it with Jalen Kilgore because I think he played both ways. Um, I, I still think if you're, if you're going to move somebody from the freshman class, Cameron Sandlin, you could probably give him a look. They're deep at tight end anyway. Um, you know, Gene Bell played running back last year. You know, I know Satterfield was talking about playing Xavier Leggett at running back at one point. He alluded to it, and Xavier got some handoffs. But, I, I you know, I don't know. But uh, Swain is a, is a heck of a player. I mean, you're not – I want to say you're not totally out – to left field on that, but I just I think, like you said, it's going to be uh, pretty small. Meredith texts me some PGA Championship notes. Hmm. Uh, I think they're for me though, in case I want to gamble. <laughs> I I, uh, I got some. Lance says Dak Dakarion Joiner is coming for everything they said he couldn't have. All right. Sometimes sometimes Lance is like a minister. He gets up and preaches the good, good talk. That's right. Spreading the your good news. Your mic's muted, JB. Your mic's muted. Oh, Phil. I muted him on my – it's my fault. Uh, come on, Phil. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me add uh, my 15 seconds of to carry on. Three years ago, we all said he should be moved to running back, and three years later, I'm not going to question him at running back. So that's I'll just yeah. leave that there. If, if people want a dog on him, have at it. That ain't going to be me um, because I thought for a long time he should probably be a running back if he wasn't a quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. I thought he could play quarterback at this league. Um, if he didn't, he's I thought big. he should be a running back. And now that he's moved to running back, I'm not going to sit here and discount this young man. No way. With everything he's done, hell yeah. no. I'm in his corner, absolutely. It just dawned on me, too, that Rico Dowdle was a quarterback in high school, too. And uh, yeah. somebody brought up Spencer Ware that played uh, at LSU a few years back and was a high school quarterback at Cincinnati. I don't know how he ended up at LSU, but he did. Um, Les Miles, that Midwestern, you know, he, he lets it go up there sometimes and get a guy. But uh, he was really good, and he was a high school quarterback. We all remember Savell Newton, uh, the what might have been game where he ran all over Vandy at running back towards Achilles and never went never back that position. But uh, – you know, Joel asked, does DK have a quick enough step to get in the hole? I, yeah, I don't question that. He's got to clean some things up. In other words, instinctively, as a quarterback, I think quarterbacks are more sometimes 
they try to bounce the outside because they're in the pocket and they want to get the edge and get the first, you know, the angle and get the first down. I mean, Connor Shaw, remember him? He, he ran, tried to get the corner a lot. At running back, I think there were times in the spring game where DK tried to bounce it outside. But if he had just hit the hole and gone inside, cut it up inside, he'd have been fine. But then there were also runs where he ran it up inside and got pretty positive yards and looked like a natural. So those are small things that can be tweaked. Uh, and it comes with experience and carries and all that. Just like with Mario Anderson in the spring game, he, he you know, yeah, it looked like in the beginning, it's like hey, he's not used to the speed of this game. Well, as the game went on, he got more comfortable with it. He got better. Uh, and that's get, and I'm not so worried about those two. I think those two could be serviceable to serviceable to good, actually. It's what if one of them gets hurt or it's what if they really struggle and what, and what if all these small things that they have to fix don't get fixed and, and, and all that. And I keep thinking, you know, people talk about the Clemson game and, you know, the Tennessee game with no running back or whatever. Yeah. They won the Clemson game, Tennessee. They scratched out 128 yards. That was fine. But think about Notre Dame. That that's what I'm thinking about when they got very one dimensional. Um, and so we'll see um, how all that goes. Uh, KSC says CJ Adams, not a terrible thought. Uh, he kind of plays tall though, plays high. So I'm not sure. And Quantrell to end it off says FSU might put up 40 a game this year. And they're also deep at running back. Yeah, we've done a good job of putting pieces. Can we go ahead and areas. get in front of this prediction train and just go ahead and predict Florida State to win the ACC? Okay, that's it. You have to beat the Tigers twice, though, assuming so Clemson finished second. Who cares? What's your point? You and they got to get to Death Valley. How many times they won in Death Valley? And uh, or, I'm sorry, we, we call it Memorial Stadium on the show. Don't care. Uh, once that was Jimbo's 2013 team. Once since the Bowden Bowl, I think. I think that's the number. The the, the, the Bowden Bowl that saved Tommy in 03. So Who's got a better 20, quarterback this year, Florida State or Clemson? That's 20 years. They won once. FSU, I'd say. Yep, it's over. Anyway. I think Travis. Let's yeah, see. Clemson I, I gets beat at Duke. Charleston Southern comes in, takes them to the wire. Clemson wins. Then they've got <laughs> FAU. Uh, they'll yeah they'll win that one by a couple touchdowns. Florida State Tom, wins forty five. You know Tom Herman is the coach at FAU. Ooh, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Guess <laughs> what? Tom, guess, guess, I, guess what's after Florida State? They got to go to Syracuse. They lose. Oh, that hey, over. now that's the trap game. <laughs> it's over. That's it. Turn out the lights. I'll never forget them losing on a Friday night. I was uh. Was where's Shadow? Hey, where's Shadow of Mom's basement? Is he around? Where's he at? <laughs> He's been what's, really what, quiet here as of late, right? <laughs> oh, oh, AC asked any chance they offered Jacob Walker a first. I have not heard that, and I doubt. I mean, yeah, I think he had two yards rushing once. If those stats are correct, if not, I'd have to dig into it. Um, hmm. But Stacey, I, I don't see them. I don't see them having that. So. Hey, Craiger points out those Florida State teams do not have these dudes. That's very. They true. don't. They got. They do have dudes now. The holes are fine. But hey, we're going to find out quick about Florida State. I mean, there's no hiding yeah. for them. LSU, they, uh, yeah. boom right away. Brian yeah, Kelly. Well, they'll they'll probably lose that game. But um, Brian Kelly's the worst league coach in the country. <laughs> Does that make any sense? 
<laughs> yeah. he, he's elite. There's no, there's no question. He's the elite coach. He's won everywhere, but people don't. People just don't. They don't believe him that he can't. He can't coach. Really? Can't win the big one. You know, we'll, we'll get you there. We can't my, win it. Took my team over and got him to Atlanta in year one. That's right, coach. <laughs> Uh, all right we gotta go it's 103 unless y'all want to send me some more money i'm out of here uh thanks to Derek scott and chris phillips from the spurs up show popping in on a thirsty and rainy thursday afternoon thanks as always to jc and for getting his internet working and thanks to classic phil for being classic phil appreciate all of you Stay dry. We'll see you tomorrow at 11. Uh, Stuart, Scott, Stuart Scott. Well, that would be <laughs> Wow. Stuart Lake. That's going to be tough tomorrow. to pull off on my end. <laughs> well, <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> With this whole A1 thing, whatever the hell they call it, you might be, might be able to figure it out. Uh, but probably not Stuart Scott. Stuart Lake, though, will join us tomorrow. And so will Meredith Taylor right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinarama Studios. <laughs>